Hallelujah. Can we uh, lift our hands and talk to the Lord here just for a few minutes? Amen. I feel the presence of the Lord here tonight. Why don't we just entertain his presence here for just a minute or two? Why don't we talk to him tonight, church? Hallelujah. Jesus, your wonderful Savior. Hallelujah. Can we all bind together here just for a minute? Talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, we trust in you, Master. Hallelujah. We need your touch in the remainder of this service, God. God, we've got to have you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, do you feel his presence moving in tonight? Hallelujah. Why don't you invite his presence in, into your heart, into your mind, into your life tonight? I believe God can speak tonight if we just open our hearts and our minds to him. Hallelujah, Jesus, we need you. Oh, God, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you all for responding to the presence of the Lord tonight and the moving of the Holy Ghost. I feel the Lord moving here tonight, and that's a good sign. That's a good thing. Amen. For us to feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. He doesn't have to let us do that. Amen. We're, we're indebted to him. Amen. I don't want to take for granted what, we've, what we feel here. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. We've been missing pastor around here. Amen. I know I have, and I know you guys have as well. Amen. But he's called to do some things, and that's some things that we, kinda, we can't get in the way of. Right? All we can do is pray for him. I think it's important that we pray for him just as much as we financially support the work. And I know so, some of you very sacrificially financially support the, the work in Zimbabwe, but just as important as that. Amen. The physical things that pastor goes through is kind of a result of some of the things that he's doing, not just because of that, but if we could lift our pastor in prayer, and then God can really help. It's not just, it's not just a cliche. It's not just a thing that apostolics say, but prayer works. Amen. And I know you guys believe that. And I know when pastor's gone, we pray and let's, let's continue to do that. Amen. Hallelujah. So Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. Man, if you've got it, say amen. Amen. I'm not sure how this is going to actually turn out tonight, but I do feel a burden from the Lord tonight, and I just, want, I just pray that we have open hearts to receive what the word of the Lord has to say tonight. Amen. Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 2 says, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. Amen. I want to focus on those three words. Bear a son. And he, she bore a son. And when he saw him, that he was a goodly child. When she saw him, that he was a goodly child. She hit him three months. Amen. But she bore a son. She bared a son. Amen. I want to, I want to talk about that just for a little bit tonight. Amen. And the title that I, I, I failed to give my titles most of the time, but this is something that I really thought about for a while and I feel God working with me on it and I, I just pray church can we have an open heart and an open mind I, I know I'm not the best delivery man I'm not the best weight I'm not the most effective preacher but I, I really feel a burden from the Lord I mean if we can just open our hearts to God I believe God can go around the 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 uh, non-skilled deliverer and speak to somebody's heart tonight I believe we can get some something done tonight if we can open our hearts 
Amen. I want to speak tonight on the subject of spiritual abortion. Amen. If we could all lay down our Bibles and ask God to speak to our hearts. Ask God to, ask God to speak directly to you. Will you do that tonight, church? God, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be in your house. The presence, I pray, God, that you transform our heart and mind and change me, God, Oh, come on, church, can we lift our voices? Hallelujah. Is there any apostolics here tonight that know how to pray? Hallelujah. We need the anointing of the Holy Ghost tonight. Hallelujah. If anything's going to get accomplished, we've got to have his touch. Come on, I refuse just to go through the motions, but I'm hungry. your voice i need your touch god hallelujah 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 amen thank you thank you so much and let's continue that that spirit of prayer for the remainder of this service you can be seated tonight amen again i want to emphasize that i'm nobody and i'm not here and i'm not trying to claim to be somebody and i'm shaking literally in my shoes tonight because because i feel a word i feel the burden of the word of god i don't want to i don't want to sound like i'm somebody but i i do feel like if if it wasn't me somebody else would be preaching this message tonight and i want you to hear it it's important that you understand the word of god doesn't matter who's behind the pulpit hallelujah do you believe that tonight Hallelujah. So let's hear the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's commonly, hey, I want to build a quick foundation here tonight. And, and it's, it's, if, you, if you look around in the world around you, that there's, that there, it, it's a common perspective now in modern society that women should have the right to choose abortion. Amen. They have, they have this right now that the U.S. Supreme Court has declared back in 1973 that we now have this ability, and women, that's their right. That's their right to make a decision whether or not they're going to have a child. Amen. And the argument there is that the fetus, the, the, that, that early stage in, in the, the life cycle, amen, th that fetus is not a living organism. It's not anything that, does, that has life. It, it can't live on its own. Amen. It doesn't have... It doesn't have the right to live because it's nothing really. It's just a blob of cells. It's just a, a mass. I mean, another thing that they tell us is that if a, if a woman becomes pregnant out of wedlock or in, in society that as, as we know historically that a woman who's pregnant and she's not married, we kind of put judgment on them and, and, and we put them and shun them maybe a little bit and, and shame them for sure. And... And that's one of their arguments. We, don't, we shouldn't put that upon women. We shouldn't do that. And so that's something that those who advocate pro-choice, that's one of their arguments. And then they also say that giving birth is dangerous. That's one of the sixth most causes. The, one of the, it's the sixth uh, most cause for death among women. And, and giving birth incurs a lot of expense for the woman. She may not be able to afford it. So she, may, she should have the right whether or not to decide she can have this baby because she can't be responsible for it or whatever that is. And, and I'm here to tell you tonight that, that if it's a life, if, if, she, if she has life in her, if that, if that baby is, is conceived, then that baby has a right to live. Amen. I, I have the story here, and I was going to go through it, but there, there, since since it's been declared legal to perform abo um, uh, abortions, 
In the U.S., approximately 1.4 million abortions are performed in a single year. 1.4 million. Amen. Since Roe versus Wade, which is the case that I was referring to, 53 million kids in the United States have legally been aborted. That doesn't, that doesn't refer to the, the illegal ones. In the U.S., since January 1 of this year, it's been calculated that 155 abortions have happened since January 1st this year. And today, today, more than 2,000, just today, since you woke up this morning and to the time that we're talking tonight, 2,000 kids have been destroyed and aborted. Amen. I'm telling you, and, and I want to draw this comparison. I want you to understand, the, and I want you to develop that, what you're thinking right now about the abortions and how that, why would they do that? Why would they destroy a life? Why would they, why would they take that away from that child? Why would they do that? And I want you to understand that how many have we aborted spiritually? How many have we reached out to and said, well, they'll never make it. They're just a mass. There's, there's no hope there. How many have we walked away from? I want this to get into somebody's heart. I mean, I cried and I weep this afternoon. God, how many have I aborted? How many have I offended and sent away? Hallelujah. I, I want to bring life to the kingdom of God. I want to bring souls to God's kingdom. Hallelujah. Does anybody feel that way tonight? It's not me. It's not my, it wasn't my mind and my thought that brought this, this parallel from the birth and, and salvation. But this is something that God instituted. And in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 8, Jesus answered and said to him, speaking to Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born, be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, You must be born again. Amen. This has got to happen. Amen. We need this birthing process. This isn't something we can ignore. We can't just abort it and think that's okay. Amen. Jesus said you must be born again. Well, hallelujah. I don't, I don't know if you, if you believe this or not just because I, 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 I'm sure you do believe it. I'm sorry for blaming you. I, I want you to understand, though, that we've got to get this in our gut. We've got to understand that, okay, there's another visitor. They must be born again. There's somebody else that they've never heard the truth and they must be born again. Come on, does anybody understand the necessity for, for salvation? They're never going to make it to heaven unless they're born again. Come on, it's our obligation. It's our requirement to get them born again. Hallelujah. Oh, God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verses 13 and 14, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. They will be saved if they call on the name of the Lord. 
But verse 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? It's our obligation to tell them. Hallelujah, I'm fading quickly, but is anybody getting this? Hallelujah, we've got an obligation, church. We can't be idle anymore. We can't be sitting by and be satisfied with the ones just walking in and out. We cannot be satisfied watching souls, people who've never heard the truth, who've never understood the truth, walk right out those doors and never see them again. Hallelujah, that is us aborting them. We forgot all about them. Hallelujah, I don't want to sleep tonight knowing that, that we just let another one slip out the door. Hallelujah. Oh God. Hallelujah, this may be a little different for a Sunday night, but is anybody catching my burden? Is anybody understanding how necessary it is for somebody to be born again? Oh, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And man, Brother Marymoon preached so adequately on Thursday night that if we need, a, we need a change the way we're doing things, we need to stop the murder and stop the killing and stop the bloodshed. I mean, turn our swords into plowshares. And turn our spears into pruning hooks and work for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. But I want to I ask you, how do you do that? How do you work for the kingdom? How do, you know, once, yeah, I, I've, I've stopped the backbiting and I've stopped all this and now I don't have anything to do. Let me tell you what the Bible says in, in Mac, Micah chapter 4, verse 3. Let's first read that. So I want, want you to get that. Uh, Micah chapter 4, verse 3. Skip down to verse 3. And he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations afar off. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up a sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Amen. They're done fighting. Hallelujah. Amen. And this is interesting in verse 10. And I, I, I didn't realize this, and this is not where I got this message from, but I, I looked, I was, re, I was studying and looking about uh, labor and, and travailing, and, and verse 10 pops up in the same chapter of Micah chapter 4. And so what are you going to do when you stop, when you stop the killing and when you stop the bloodshed? Verse 10 says, be in pain and labor to bring forth, O daughter of Zion. Amen. It's our obligation. Once, once, we can, once we stop the bloodshed and once we stop those things that we don't need to be doing, we can begin to birth. We can begin to bring forth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Like a woman in travail. This is, this is not me drawing this comparison. This is scripture. Be in pain and labor to bring forth. Do whatever you got to do to bring them forth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Isaiah 66 verse 1. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build unto me? Amen. Where is this house? David, you want to build a house for the Lord? Amen. I, I know I'm referring to what Brother Merriman had preached on Thursday night, but I'm trying to, I want you to see the connection here that once you begin to stop the bloodshed, amen, then you can begin to build a house for the Lord. Verse 5 of the same chapter, Isaiah 66, says, hear the word of the Lord. This is the word of God, not my word, amen, and not, it's the word of God. 
Ye that tremble at his word, your brethren that hated you, that cast you out for my name's sake. He said, let the Lord be glorified, but he shall appear to your joy and they shall be ashamed. Verse 7 says, before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a, ch- of a man child. This is, this is Isaiah saying this is something that may happen. And then the very next statement, verse 8 says, who hath heard such a thing? You don't do it that way. It doesn't happen that way. Before she travailed, she brought forth. It doesn't work like that. Amen? Do you see that? Verse 7 says, before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. Verse 8, who hath heard of such a thing? That doesn't happen. Who hath seen such things? Amen. Shall the earth be made to bring forth to one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? Shall this all happen just like that? For as, soon, for as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. It's as soon as Zion begins to travail. That's, and that's what Isaiah is saying. He's like, it doesn't happen until you actually begin to travail. It doesn't, you don't get the results. You don't get the fruit. You don't get that until you begin to travail. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel like I'm failing. I want you guys to understand. This is important. I want us to walk away and say, I'll never let another one slip away. I'll never abort another child. I'll never let them fall out of my, slip through my fingers. For as soon as Zion travailed, as soon as that happened, she brought forth her children. I mean, we all know the story of Rachel and how she stated, give me children else I die. And we'll read that scripture in a minute. But I want to give you a little background. Jacob was sitting there and working for Rachel and Leah and, and all the cattle that he received from Laban. And if you read in the scripture, and I believe I, in, in Genesis chapter 31, verse 1 through 3, he says, And he heard the word of Laban's son, saying, Jacob hath taken away all that was our father's, and of that which was our, our father's, that he had, hath he gotten all this glory. And Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban, and behold, it was not toward him as before. It wasn't like it was before. Amen. Things aren't going as smoothly as it used to. And the Lord said to Jacob, return into the land of thy fathers and to thy kindred, and I will be with thee. Amen. This is a point in, in Jacob's life where he finally realized, you know what, things aren't working out as great as they used to work out. And, and there's a little bit of hostility between me and Uncle Laban. And, and things just ain't as smooth as it used to be. So I've got to get going. I've got to leave here. Amen. And, and he passed over before them and bowed himself. Verse, uh, amen. And, and anyway, at this point, and... And Laban has brought this hostility towards Jacob and, and all this thing and, and everything that happened between them. And after this point, Jacob decided we're going to go. And then chapter 35 and Jacob, chapter 31, he gets away from his hostile family. Chapter 32, Jacob becomes Israel. He wrestles with the angel and he's, his life is changed. And chapter 33, he fixes the problem with his brother, Esau. And then chapter 30. Five comes along. And let's pull up Genesis chapter 30, verse 1. It says, And when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, Give me children, else I die. Amen. Remember what she said here in chapter 35. Now she's having Benjamin. And they journeyed from Bethel. And there, verse 16, And there was but a little way to come to Ephrath. And Rachel travailed, and she had hard labor. 
I mean, this is, this is a little different. This is, Rachel, do you remember what you said? You said you'd be willing to die. Give me children, else I die. But now she has hard labor. And verse 17 says, and it, came, and it came to pass when she was in hard labor, the, wife, the midwife said unto her, fear not, thou shalt have this son also. Amen. She gave her a little bit of hope in the midst of this. And we read in, the, in verse 18 that she ended up dying. But I want you to understand that she birthed Benjamin through hard labor. It took some effort. It took a lot of effort. Amen. The woman died because of this. Hallelujah. Are you sure that you're willing to die for somebody? Are you sure that you're willing to go through it for somebody? Is there anybody willing to say, God, give me children else, I'll die. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got to get this. We've got to get this much deeper than the superficial. It's got to be more than just words we're saying. It's got to be more than just things that we say, but we've got to live it. When that hard labor comes, we can't turn around and abort it. We can't walk away from it. We've got Bible studies to teach. We've got souls to reach. Hallelujah. Is anybody willing to make an effort? Come on, I want some mothers here tonight. I want some real mothers who are willing to birth, to go through that painstaking process, to willing, that are willing to die. Hallelujah. Come on, it's got to be more than just what you see on the eye, but you've got to be able to go through the process. Hallelujah. It's great. It's great, Rachel. I'm glad that you're willing to die, but will you die? Oh, God, speak to us. Hallelujah. Can we talk to the Lord just for a minute here? God, we ask you Lord, minister of this place. Change me, God. Come on, are we willing to get desperate before God? Zion, are you willing to travail? Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in here tonight. Amen. In our text, we read about a woman who's in the middle, in the middle of a time where babies are being aborted all around her by commandment from the king. King Pharaoh made a statement in verse 22 of Exodus chapter 1. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born, ye shall cast into the river. And every daughter, ye shall save alive. Children being aborted every single day. If you have a baby, I don't want to... if, If you have a baby boy, you throw that into the river. He's not worth... He's not... He's not worth anything. In fact, he's going to bring us some problems down the road. 
And I'm not willing to put up with those problems. So you get rid of them. Abort those babies. But there's a woman in Israel. Amen. My God. Is there anybody who is willing to pay the price? Is there anybody here that's willing? God, I'll die. I'm sick of shedding all this blood. I'm sick. I'm sick of, I'm sick of all these distractions that I'm, but God, I know what's really important. I'm not going to just fall into the mold. I'm not going to just, I'm not going to just do what everybody else is doing. I'm not, I know I'm not talking to everybody. I know that. But I'm asking is, is there one? Is there two? In the midst of that, where every son was being aborted and every son was being cast into the river. There went a man of the house of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. She didn't get rid of it. She didn't throw it away. This might be a little bit extra work, but I'm going to do whatever it takes to get Moses alive. Keep Moses alive. I don't care if I have to build a, build a little thatch basket and hide him. I don't care. I don't care what if I've got a muffle. I don't care. I, I'll do whatever it takes to nurture this baby. Hallelujah. I'm not just preaching to everybody. I'm preaching to myself. God, I'm willing. I, I want to change my perspective. I want to change. I don't want to fit into modern society. I don't want to be, I don't want to be happy and okay with, with just murdering that baby. That baby, you realize that they have no hope. They can't save themselves. They have no they have no decision on whether or not they're going to live. They, it's, it's not up to them. It's up to the mother. And the Bible says that until Zion travails, she's not going to bring forth any children. I mean, if our musicians can come, I, I realize that this probably was not the best delivery, but I want somebody to, that somebody's got to get this. If we're going to have revival, if we're going to see a Moses and deliver us out of the land of Egypt, if we're going to ever get to the promised land, we've got to begin to birth some babies. We've got to have some mothers begin to travail. My God, help us tonight. Is anybody hungry to see a revival? Is anybody hungry? God, I'm willing to die. God, give me children, else I die. Come on, can we stand together tonight and begin to talk to the Lord? I mean, I'd like to open up these altars to anyone feeling that I want to be a mother. I'm not willing. To, I'm not willing that they're going to. God said, I'm not willing that any should perish. God, I'm not willing either. I want to do what it takes. God. Oh.